You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So we now finally have the opening day roster, as the Mets announced on Thursday, their 30-man roster to start the season. I'm going to talk about that at the top of the show today. Then later on, I want to give an update on Marcus Stroman's injury and talk about the expanded playoffs that now take the field from 10 teams to 16, giving a much better chance that the Mets actually make the playoffs this year. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. So looking at the 30-man roster, there's really two big takeaways. One, it appears Corey Oswalt will be the fifth starting pitcher. Although Brody Van Wagenen did not commit to that, he said, They don't really know what's going to happen after the first series. Right now, it is Jacob DeGrom, Steven Matz, and Rick Porcello slotted to take on the Atlanta Braves over the weekend. And that's all they know right now. But we know Michael Walk is going to be there. He was included on this roster. And Corey Oswalt was on this roster as well. So it makes sense that he will be the fifth starter, considering the fact that David Peterson, who's not on the 40-man either, did not make the team. Erasmo Ramirez, who's not on the 40-man roster, did not make the team. Steven Gonzalez got released, which was actually another big takeaway. It's kind of shocking to see the Mets get rid of one of the guys they had in their player pool that was actually stretched out and ready to be a starter. That was a little bit surprising, but they did what they had to do. He was on the 40, and they had to make room, so he got released. You move on from there. The other big takeaway is Andres Jimenez made the team, which was a little bit surprising. You're talking about a player who is valued very highly in the organization, one of the top prospects, and they're starting his clock right now when it comes to service time when I don't know if there's a clear path for him to play. Assuming Robinson Cano is ready to go, he's going to be your everyday second baseman. You know Ahmed Rosario is going to be the everyday shortstop, and Jeff McNeil is going to be your everyday third baseman. So Jimenez, where does he exactly fit? Also, you figure J.D. Davis can factor in at third base. Dominic Smith can factor in at first base. Not that Jimenez would necessarily play those positions, but maybe Cano could get moved around theoretically. And I just don't see exactly where where Jimenez rather gets at bats. I just don't see it, especially with Eduardo Nunez and Luis Guillorme, two guys with more experience than him at the big league level, are also included on this roster. So that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But what does make sense in Jimenez being on the roster is the fact that they probably wanted a pinch runner, someone who could come in 
in the extra innings in a big spot with that new rule where they start a runner on second base or just in a big spot. And Jimenez does have that. And he is on the roster where other fast guys like Ryan Cordell and John Shui Fargas were not on the 40-man roster. So that might have been the leg up. And Birdie said, look, since I got here, we're not worrying about service time. We're worrying about putting the best team on the field. And he said Jimenez was that. He helps them be better. And you can't argue with that logic as far as the baseball terms, right? It was great last year with Pete Alonso. You can maybe quibble with how smart it is when you have an ownership group that might not spend, but that might not be a problem moving forward. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Jimenez makes the team. That was a big surprise, but hey, good for him. It'll be good to see him make his debut. Moving through the rest of this roster, we'll go back to the pitching side, the bullpen. Edwin Diaz, Dylan Batances, Dries Familia, Seth Lugo, Justin Wilson. No surprises there. Hughes and Brock still are not ready. So Hunter Strickland made the bullpen. Drew Smith, Jason Shreve, who of course appeared on this show a couple months back. Glad to see he made it. And Paul Seawald. So nine guys in the bullpen. They could have gone 10. Little surprised they didn't with the lack of starting pitching, but... That's what they decided to do, and they're going with a bigger bench. Their bench is going to have seven guys on it, and that's not even including the fact that you have the designated hitter now. So the bench will be Dominic Smith, Luis Guillorme, Eduardo Nunez, Andres Jimenez, Jake Marisnik, Tomas Nito, and Rene Rivera. They are carrying three catchers. And other than that, I mean, it's not too surprising. I thought Nunez would probably make the team. But to see Nunez, Guillorme, and Jimenez make it, that's a little bit surprising in the fact that it has some overlapping skill sets. You could have seen maybe instead of Nunez being on the team, they wanted to take another guy to go onto the 40 and put Cordell on the team. That would give you another outfielder. So maybe that's something that's a little bit surprising. But then again, Jeff McNeil can go out there and play some outfield. And overall, I mean, you have plenty of bodies on that 30-man roster to get through games. And there's going to be a taxi squad. There's plenty of guys around in Brooklyn with the player pool. So for an opening day roster, I think they look pretty solid. It's a good bench. It's a great lineup. The bullpen looks strong. I mean, to have a bullpen that I'm still pretty confident in, knowing that there's reinforcements on the way. I say the Mets are in pretty good shape. The one interesting thing to note is if you go to the 40-man roster right now, you will see 43 guys on it. And this is as of 11 p.m. on Thursday night. So what gives, right? You got to have 40 guys on a 40-man roster. One of those extra guys is Noah Syndergaard. Obviously, he does not count because he's injured for the year. Jed Lowry, still on the 40-man roster. He went and got a second opinion on his leg, which is kind of surprising because it's been, what, 18 months, a year and a half? You would have thought he'd be on like the 13th or 14th opinion at this point, but got another opinion on it. They still don't know what's going on. It's the most mysterious injury ever. I mean, I can't even think of something more mysterious other than maybe, you know, UNSS, but it's going down with a broken ankle for stepping in a hole until we found out it was a wild boar incident. So that was a pretty good story, but what is going on with that leg? It appears like it was $20 million that the Mets won't really recoup any value for, and at this point, 
when you're trying to do these maneuverings with your four new man roster, I would think getting him off of it and putting him on the IL for the season probably makes a lot of sense, or at least I think it'd be 45 days. The other quick note on that is that Jared Hughes and Brad Brock might not count towards the 40-man roster if they are, in fact, dealing with COVID issues. We just don't know that at this time. So that could be the difference right there where the Mets are actually at a 40-man roster right now, even though it would appear they're at a 42-man roster. And of course, when those guys come back, that'll be a whole host of things the Mets will have to do to get back under the 40-man roster. I kind of wish Major League Baseball did away with the 40-man roster for this year just to open it up to you know your entire player pool. But regardless, those are the rules that everyone is living by. Now, I'll tell you, yesterday's show, I talked about that taillight I had an issue with. I had to get it replaced. It just came in the mail today. Thanks to rockauto.com, saving me a ton of money. They're a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. You can shop for any auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and you're going to pay 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% less than you would have paid if you went to a chain store or a car dealership. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate where you can see everything you want. You can choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So before we talk about the expanded playoff, I wanted to do a quick note here on Marcus Stroman. He tweeted out on Thursday morning this. He said, super minor setback, not even slightly worried, more time consuming than anything, threw a 55 pitch bullpen on Monday and felt great, only feel it when jogging and sprinting, however must be able to run at full speed when competing. Thank you for all the prayers and well wishes. So, that is good, obviously. Still, that does not mean he's going to be back any day now. He said more time-consuming than anything. So, we don't quite know. The one good thing I will say is the fact that this injury is not super significant. That gives the Mets a pretty good chance that he'll be back for a pretty decent portion of this season. And really, the bottom line is, as long as the Mets handle business, Marcus Stroman... You know, barring any setbacks, should be good to go for the playoffs. And with the format this year, I think the Mets can get to the playoffs without him. They just can't thrive in the playoffs without him. If they get there, and then you can roll out Marcus Stroman along with Jacob DeGrom and Steven Matz as the top half of your rotation in any playoff series, I give the Mets a great chance, particularly with this starting lineup. So let's talk about what that format is. Obviously, it used to be 10 teams. You're three division winners, two wild cards, wild card teams play, back to the original format, uh, you know, since the adoption of the original wild card, where you have the four teams in the division series, they all go head to head, and then of course you have 
your championship series, and then your World Series. Now it's 16 teams, and it's only for this year, for now, although it's one of those things where once they make the change, are they really going to go back? Like, Are we really going to see uh, National League without a DH ever again? Honestly, I don't think so. Are we ever going to see the playoffs with 10 teams again? Again, I don't think so. Will it maybe be 14 instead of 16, something like that? I think that's on the table. But this format is probably going to stay. There is not going to be eight teams in the American League and the National League that make the playoffs. In every division, the top two teams advance on. So you don't have to just beat the Braves now. You can just go ahead and have a better record than the Nationals, the Phillies, and the Marlins, and the Mets will be in the playoffs. It's that simple. And even if they don't beat, say, the Nationals and the Braves, if their record is better than the other teams that haven't made the playoffs, the top two teams that were not division winners, not in the first and second place, when it comes to record in the National League, will make the playoffs. So you have two teams from the East, two teams from the Central, two from the West, and then the best two records after that, all making it. Eight teams each league. It's a lot. It's more than half. Then from there, those teams are seeded based on division winners being first, you know, one through three, second place in the division being four through six in the seedings, and then the you know wild card teams or whatever you want to call them being seven, eight. They'll play based on seeding. The higher seed will host a best of three series, all games being played in that one ballpark. So no travel day. They'll just play three days in a row. You'll get your winners that'll advance on to the NLDS, the division series. And then it's back to normal. Four teams play in that. Two teams advance to the championship series. One will advance to the World Series. Same amount of games. Five in the NLDS. Seven in the NLCS. And seven in the World Series. So clearly all financially driven. Get more TV revenue. Grab those national TV dollars. But as a Mets fan, it's hard not to be excited. I know some people are baseball purists and it's like, I can't believe that more than half the teams make the playoffs. It's going to ruin the history of baseball. And I can see that argument. I can almost agree with it. It is ridiculous to see. Last year, the 78 and 84 Texas Rangers would have made the playoffs. When is that right to see a team who is below 500 make the playoffs? It's like in football when you see a 7 and 9 team make the playoffs. It's just unfortunate. You don't want to see that. The same time, it's going to be fun. Tell me a best of three series isn't going to be fun. Tell me if the matchups work out. Let's just say the Mets don't have the best season. They struggle with Stroman. It's really difficult. Uh, you know, He comes back halfway through the year. They make a push. They land the eight seed in the NL with a 28-32 record. And then they face off against the Dodgers, and it's Jacob DeGrom versus Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and you got Stroman versus the other one in game two. And all of a sudden, the Mets are in a situation where they go into L.A., beat Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and that super team, and advance on. I mean, that'd be fun. That'd be a good story. Imagine a situation where a team like... I don't know, the the Padres, or maybe it's the Reds, 
are the back-end team, and they have a huge upset. It's going to provide some fun storylines, and it's going to give us more baseball games that matter. And I think while you can say it diminishes the, the champion or whatever you want to describe it as, at the end of the day, it's going to be fun watching those games with those high stakes if we get there. So I look at all of it and I say, you know, for the Mets in particular, they got some breathing room now. I know Brody, he didn't, I think they asked him, do you believe the Mets need to make the playoffs this year? And he said, I don't want to put those those goals out there. I don't want to put that down. I, I can't remember how he worded it, but essentially he kind of skirted that question. You better damn believe that the Mets need to make the playoffs. With all the prospects they've traded setting up this team, with what they did to get Marcus Stroman, they need Marcus Stroman in a playoff race to vindicate trading away Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods-Richardson. They need to get Cano in a playoff race when he's still young enough to contribute. And now, with 16 teams making it, and the talent that the Mets have, if they can't win, basically, if you play 500 baseball under this format, I really think you make it. If you go 30 and 30, I believe you're there. So, despite no Syndergaard, despite Wheeler and Philly, despite Stroman missing the start of the season, they're rolling out a lineup with Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, Yuenis Cespedes, Robinson Cano, Wilson Ramos, J.D. Davis, and Ahmed Rosario. If that lineup can't win 30 games, especially with great bats on the bench like Dominic Smith, there's a problem there. <laughs> so I'm excited for the start of the season. It is opening day. Baseball is here. 4 o'clock, Jacob DeGrom on the mound versus Mike Soroka. Get yourselves fired up. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch the Mets start this season. And if you're sitting there and you start feeling some aches and pains, you got to call my friends at CBDMD because it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you're spending eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. CBDMD has an amazing duo of products that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of a superior CBD oil product from CBDMD. As always, thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and enjoy opening day.